0: officially listed as episode 100 matt but of course we talked last week about this is actually our 101st episode together of the talking bear football podcast right here on west dot football presented by the browns west branch family of dealerships now you know 101 could be one 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 which is where the bears record stands at now after a week two loss 17 to 6 to visiting Waterloo-Columbus. It was the first matchup between the two teams at the Little Rose Bowl this week. Next year, it will be at whatever the field in Waterloo is called. Haven't really delved too far into that one yet. But let's dive right into this, and Matt, we'll go to you first. West Branch's defense played very well. Well enough, kept them in the game. Just unfortunate that the offense didn't follow suit and couldn't get anything going against a very big, very physical sailor front line.
1: Well, no, you're exactly right. Yeah, as, as Coach Peterson put it after the game, both to uh, the team in the huddle, um, you know, their post-game chat, but then also when Coach Peterson talked with uh, the BearCast, Jared Tiley, he said, and the defense played well enough to win the game, um, you know, end quote. But yeah, just the offense had a little bit troubles getting it going, much of kind of what we saw in week one against Lisbon. Um, I mean, I think one of the positives that I'm going to take away from Friday is yeah the defense is still good Columbus is a great is a really good team a lot of good skill position guys up there and they've got some big big guys up front too that made it difficult but um, I I just felt the offense I I saw some progress from week one to week two Um, they just seemed a little bit more organized in everything that they were doing Um, you know I thought I saw a lot of good things to to keep building on uh, with some good foundations you know, I was kind of surprised that Andy Henson didn't get much going, but I mean, credit to Columbus—they were stuffing, stuffing, and winning the line of scrimmage with six or seven guys most every play, um, and really just daring us to throw it. So, um, yeah, overall, you know, like I mentioned, I, I'm, I'm not down about this at all. Yeah, hate to lose, but I think this is what we had. We knew that these first two games of the season were going to be really tough. And I think, as we talked about in our one of our episodes during the preseason, I mean, if we come out of this one and one, which we have, I'm I'm not going to be too upset by that. And Stephen, for you,
0: Matt touched upon where the offense unfortunately couldn't get it going. Where do you see from this looking at what happened just in game two? Where are the positives? What are the things that they can use? They can put on the the whiteboard on the wall to use as okay. We can use these, put them in our back pocket for the weeks coming up for the offense.
2: Like Matt said, you don't ever want to lose a football game, but it's a good way to kind of allow the coaching staff to refocus these guys and say, okay, these things that we've been telling you, this is why we're telling you that. And if you have a game like the Lisbon game where you know we had some things and you know we shot ourselves in the foot, but we still came out and we won the game. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then some of those same things might have creeped up again here this week, where you know maybe the blocks weren't sustained, or the routes weren't crisp, or you know the running back wasn't hitting the hole right. I mean, it's a top to bottom thing. This isn't pointing the finger at one spot, but it's those things where you can say, okay, now do you see why when I tell you to block like this or run this route this way or look the ball in or find this lane and hit it like this. I mean, whatever the case may be, you've got it on film again. And it's like, you know, if you see this one play, you're right there. And I mean, I wrote that down. I got to the point in the fourth quarter, especially, I was just writing a bunch of different thoughts down here. I probably won't get to all of them. But one of them was I wrote down youth in capital letters and underlined it because you could see one. I mean, at one point we had five or six sophomores out there. On the field. And number two, it felt like we were still in the game, just on the cusp. And I think Coach Peterson said it in one of his post game interviews I saw. I mean, we're right there. It's just a matter of getting a little bit crisper with the execution. I mean, I'm thinking of, I think there was a play that Carver was rolling out and it looked like he had a chance to run and he decided to throw it down the field instead. And that's something where experience, he'll say, you know what? Let me take what I can get, especially against a good defense. I'm going to try to scramble and get 6, 8, 10 yards and move the ball a little bit rather than force a throw. Um, you know, a couple of instances where, you know, you've got receivers that get themselves open, the ball's delivered and we just don't look it in. We don't c- completely secure it. Things like that. You know, some of those blocks that, oh well, I thought this guy was picking him up. Well, figure out how to communicate it more clearly and understand here's your assignment. Here's how you find that person. And so I think it's some good tools, especially with a young team. And I think this is a team that, you know, they are young, but they're hungry. They want to be coached. They want to learn. They want to get better. And so, I mean, yeah, it stings to be one and one when, you know, the defense did play to a point where we could have definitely won that game if the offense followed suit in some areas. And so, Definitely, you know, just seeing how this team responds now is going to be really vital for how the next five weeks shape up. Is are you going to be that coachable and accept some of these things they're saying and work that much harder to do things the right way and get better?
0: That you said two times. You 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 really emphasized your voice when you used a word, coached, or are you willing to be to get some coaching? and i think these kids are and i think that's where this coaching staff is going to look at hey west branch we're one and one there's no need to panic this is a, if you if i would have told you guys be through 2 weeks west branch is going to have 217 yards of total offense would you think they would be one and one
2: no may i would have be hard pressed to say that if we were averaging 217 yards of offense i yeah. mean against the first two opponents that we played
0: that is correct. I would. I would. That's. I would agree. So the silver lining here is the team is one and one. Now they get into like game next week. We'll talk about McQuaid we'll Valley here in a little bit, and getting into when we get into the district season. Now these three games they do. Matt. I mean, yeah. Mentally, you're gonna wish. Hey, I wish we were three and zero. But when you get to the district season here in two weeks, guys, this loss can almost be erased from your memory because you're going to start at zero and zero after week three. But Matt, before we dive into that, let's continue to talk about Columbus Catholic and the
1: sailors getting the 17 to six victory. How did it happen? Yeah, so much like last week here, uh, a pretty short uh, scoring summary here. Columbus got things started uh, in the first quarter with just a a little uh, run up to the line quarterback sneak at as low as he can, possibly can get. Um, and got right in there in the north end zone for probably six-inch carry or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and I think you know just a few plays before that, that scoring was set up by just an unbelievable throw and catch. Um, you know, like Peyton Miller in the defense, like I don't know what else he could do. Um, it was just a beautiful pass. Um, and then a quarterback scramble uh, pretty much down to the goal line, and then, yeah, finished it off there in the end zone. With uh, like four extra- quarterback snacks. Right, uh, yeah. four quarterback sneaks sorry right <laughs> yeah so seven nothing at that point uh West Branch answers uh in the second quarter on a really nice run from Carver Belk uh kind of a designed roll out to the to the left uh he decided to go uh wide open uh wide open lane uh and you could see Carver's speed uh that he's got and athleticism that he's got especially as he kind of dove from a few yards out into the end zone to make sure he got in there um, and, uh, extra point, uh, was just wide, right. So, uh, seven to six Columbus at that point. Um, and then just shortly, I think it was before halftime, uh, Columbus hits a 27 yard field goal to go up 10 to six. And then in the third quarter, last score of the game, uh, Columbus, uh, 20, uh, let's see. Yeah. 23 yard, excuse me, 23 yard touchdown, uh, throwing, uh, pass. Uh, for a touchdown, uh, extra point was good there, so that is how we ended things 17 to six. Bad guys,
0: Steven, 17 to six. Matt just talked about the final touchdown, and the defense was right in the position there on that play. If you go back and watch it, just I don't know if it's an inch or a centimeter away from breaking that knocking either getting a pick six or knocking it down, but it just gets through and they get in to make it 17 to six, and that really is. Cliche, a turning point was a big turning point in that game.
2: Well, I think, I mean, you, Matt alluded, I mean, that beautiful pitch and catch from Gallagher to Hearts. And, you know, he had said Peyton was in great position. And, I mean, the ball was literally dropped into the breadbasket where it had to be. I mean, that was a perfect throw. And Peyton was playing really, really good defense on that. Um, and then same thing on that touchdown. It was a perfect throw. And Peyton just missed. You go back to that field goal as well, and you know they've got the ball down inside the five, and we turn them back, and they have to kick a field goal before halftime. I mean, again, credit that defense, Coach Bailey. I mean, they came to play. They were in the right spots. They did a lot of very, very good things, and sometimes you just have to tip your cap to the opponent when they execute and just make beautiful plays as well. Um, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah, it would have been great to do a variety of things, but um, unfortunately, we came up just on the short end of those.
1: Well, Steven, you mentioned the word execution. I think that's exactly the the right phrase to to say here. Uh, Columbus came out; they executed. Yeah, they didn't put a lot of points on the board, but they scored when it mattered. They made defensive stops when it mattered, and they they executed um, in all phases of the game. West Branch, you know, is executing from time to time here and there, depending on the side of the ball. Um, but I think it's just that that execution and those little things, Stephen, that you mentioned before, that kind of all summed together don't quite produce the outcome that you hope um, it would. And I think, you know, we're just going to have to see those things progress as this young group of kids um, just gets more experience.
2: Well, and I think, too, looking at it, I mean, Jared Tiley, I asked him a little bit because I said it just feels like this – Columbus defense is all over the place and they're in the right spot and he used the word disciplined. And I think of a couple of examples. I mean, I think early in the game we had run motion and a lot of times you may see us flare the pass out there to um, Andy Henson, try to get numbers and their outside linebacker just blitzed. He said, you know what? I'm just going to make you make this throw. And then I think later in the game, we tried setting up the running back screen in the middle and they had two or three guys that were bearing down on Carver but then as soon as Andy caught it, there was two or three guys right around him as well. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. He was they, in the
0: air, and there was one on the top and one on the bottom, basically. Yeah. Got so one I yard. mean,
2: Again, that's another one of those where, you know, they executed on the defensive side as well and made it that much harder for us to do anything with that football to move it down the field.
0: And here's how I look at it. There are three stats that really jumped out to me when I got stats guy extraordinaire, Chad Schutte's email within 10 minutes of the game being over, stood out to me immediately. One, I wanted to see the time of possession. I knew it was going to be quite a large gap. It was 10 minutes, basically, on the number. 10 minutes and two seconds, more offensive snap time for Columbus Catholic than West Branch. And then I wanted to see the second half yards because I knew there was going to be a significant disparity there. And when you look at it, West Branch in the second half, one, two... Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven drives. And before the final drive, West Branch was in negative yardage for the second half. So you look at these things, big stats, little big stats, but little things like time of possession. When you don't have the ball, it's pretty tough to score offensively. I don't know. That's what I've heard.
2: So Along those same lines, I mean – you look at the field position game too. I mean, we didn't look at the specific numbers, but... Short fields again. It was another situation where our offense was pinned inside the 20 most of the night. Columbus was getting the ball near midfield most of the night. So, one, that makes it hard for your offense to be able to get some rhythm going, having to put together long drives like that. But two, credit that defense once again you know, I mean, how many drives did Columbus start in our territory and only score 17 points on the night? So, I mean, it's just one of those that unfortunately we couldn't get the ball moving in the right direction, and you know we were fortunate that it wasn't a worse score than it was. But
0: in credit, I think when I talked about the time of possession, guys, maybe I was the only one to notice it, but I doubt it. I know their coach in the newspaper in Waterloo Courier last week after the game against Dick New Hartford a week ago said they wore us out in the second half, and I noticed throughout the game. Maybe this obviously is going to add to the fact, add to that time of possession when they had when Waterloo Columbus would get a four, five, six yard game. That forty-second shot clock or pay, play clock would run down to the single digits mm. on the next mm-hmm. play. The quarterback would be over, Carter Gallagher would be over talking about the next play, with his coach getting coached. Basically, you know, you could almost say, "Hey, what kind of popcorn, you know, <laughs> topping do you want?" Or a hot dog at halftime. Oh, by the way, go run play number one, two, three. And his team's already there, set up. He goes out within three seconds. He gives them the play there at the line of scrimmage to go. So, gives them a little bit of a twenty to thirty-second rest in between plays. They didn't want the up tempo game; they kept their energy, and maybe that was a big thing that, that kept them in the game compared to last week. But 17 to six, the final, the Bears fall, as I said, to one and one. Before we get into talking about next week's game, let's go ahead and Matt talk about what happened in District Five. We District plays just a couple weeks again, couple weeks away, and then the pecking order what can start being set up but there's some strong play going
1: on in this district yeah absolutely uh, let's start with Durant at Cascade Friday night Cascade uh, came out of that one victorious 32 to 6 l uh they t- took on Wof- Wapolo and lost 45 to nothing so tough one there for for L&M uh, Mediapolis played uh, against Tipton And another uh, shutout there, except uh, this time the District 5 team was the winner, Mediapolis, uh, defeating Tipton 35 to nothing. And then Regina traveled down to West Liberty, uh, just right down Highway 6 there uh, into West Liberty, and uh, defeated the Comets 34 to 6. And then finally, Wilton uh, took on Northeast, and they won 32 to 26 in overtime.
0: A couple of quick notes on those. West Liberty was actually leading that game 6 to nothing against Regina before Regina goes 34 unanswered points and actually made a quarterback change. And on the first two possessions with a new quarterback, two touchdown passes. So perhaps you're going to see a lot more of Jack Tierney going forward under center or out of the snap. Is under center kind of a lost art form anymore?
1: (laughs) Uh, I think we we know what you mean. (laughs) You know, right. And then
0: L&M, unfortunately has not started off the season the way they would like through two games they've got 6 points but don't take ju- they're just in the same position as everybody else after next week regardless of the score they are 0 and 0 in district play just like anybody else so district 6 or excuse me district 5 is going to be a tough one you're going to have a lot of teams i think you've got three teams undefeated you've got three uh, a couple teams at 1 and 1 and one team at 0 oh and 2 but a lot of teams are right there. Durant and Cascade, that was a good game. I, I was looking forward to seeing the score on that one, fellas, because we know how tough Cascade is can be, and they return a lot of guys. And that was a battle probably of two of the better running backs in all of Class 1A with junior running backs. Again, two juniors, not alone West Branch's Andy Henson. Well, you have Jack Meester from Cascade, who averaged about 200 yards a game, and then all everything Mr. DeLong from Durant. Nolan DeLong, who is being recruited by the big boys as a linebacker, not as a running back. He was actually in attendance yesterday at Iowa's game against Uh, (laughs) Indonia.
1: The Hosiers.
2: Touched by Power Massage Therapy is your pathway to healing. Located on Main Street and downtown West Branch, licensed massage therapist Tracy Hartz offers Swedish massage and a variety of spa services. Touched by Power is the only therapist around providing a complimentary foot bath, paraffin treatment on your hands, hot towels throughout the massage, and a complimentary pedicure. Learn more or book your appointment at touchedbypower.com or call
1: 631-1214.
0: Week three, Maquoketa Valley's on the schedule, gentlemen. In 2020, a season of weird, the Bears had a team back out of the schedule, had to find a game. McQuaide Valley was available, but only if the Bears could travel up there. It turned out to be a, a bear victory, but B. When you look back on it, there's a lesson learned far beyond football. As West Branch got to go travel to McQuaide Valley, and McQuaide Valley got to remember a couple fallen young people in their community, uh, in front of a of a nice crowd, in in Delhi and West Branch. Uh, I mean, to be able to do that, help them out, and in a very minor way get to play a football game, far more important than football. But this year, it is all business. It's all football, and it's all Maquoketa Valley and the Wildcats. So far in the year, the Wildcats are 1-1, one one, coming off a 40-22 to victory over the Knights of North Cedar. The game was not at Doug Jackson Field, as evidenced by the score, Matt, because if it were, there's just no way that the Wildcats could have pulled that one out. But they did 40-22. to Going to be a fun game. And if you look at their statistics, West Branch's defense is going to be tested. Again, as as it has it's it's answered the bell so far, but this week it's got to answer the bell in a different way with a running back that's averaging about 179 yards per game in AJ Ambundo. That's the first thing that stands out to
1: me, gentlemen. Yeah, he's the guy that it just he is their offense, you know, so to speak. I mean, it's, you know, the Uh, he's kind of, they're, they're primarily a run first team, but they will put the ball in the air from time to time. And when they do, it's likely going to Mbundo. Um, and if it's on the ground, it's likely in his hands. Um, and there are a lot of times too, where he's, you know, quote unquote under center, um, and either keeping it on quarterback runs or even swinging it out, um, kind of to the edges he technically doesn't have any official passes on the season according to their stats but according to the film he threw like three or four in the first half so exactly yeah he's got quite a few that I guess you could maybe maybe consider them rushes because they're they're laterals um but yeah he's kind of you know a triple threat kind of guy um and and I think as he goes they go I mean heck in week one against North Cedar uh, you know, Mack Valley showed what they can do when they've got things going right. 400 uh, yards rushing and six touchdowns. And then week two against Southwind just completely shut down. Just 58 rushing yards. 41 of them was on one play on the first drive of their game. Um, outside of that, they were just, you know, pretty much shut down. And I think the key for West Branch here is just going to, again, we we sound like a broken record, but that defense just stopping uh, Mack Valley here. And and that's what Southwind was able to do. Watching back that film, they had, uh, you know, seven guys in the box pretty much the whole night, just daring them to throw it, um, getting into the backfield, stopping things right at the line. And so, um, yeah, I think this is going to be another game for for the West Branch defense to to help pull things out. Steven, when you look at the you've you've looked
0: at the film obviously, but when you look at the roster, what thing stands out to you? What what player and what what sort of highlight? of him stands out to
2: you? Well, I mean, of course, Ambundo is the first one that really jumps out. But, I mean, Matt's kind of touched on that. But um, I'm looking at TJ Cook. He's a freshman at quarterback. Um, only 29% completion, only 34 yards. But, you know, just seeing some of the throws that he's made, I mean, he's a decent-sized kid. I mean, I think he's like 6'2", 6'3". I'm trying to find it here real quick. Yeah, 6'3", 175 as a freshman and to be triggering things for a varsity offense. So um, he's going to be one that's going to be interesting to see how he develops. Um, A couple of his throws, you could see, you know, give him a year or two of experience and, you know, he's able to get a little more strength, a little more zip, you know, a little better decision-making, but, you know, he's just one of those that I'm interested to see how he translates out onto the field and tries to put things together. And then at the same time, they're kind of like us. They've got some youth. I mean, they've got another freshman, I think, that starts on the defensive side. They've got quite a few sophomores and juniors as well. So uh, this is going to be two really young teams going at it. And, you know, I think both sides are looking for some positive momentum, some, you know, things to just kind of get some confidence built into them. And I think we talked about this in the preseason, you know, hey, You go 0-2 in those first games, potentially, you come back, you've got this Mac Valley and then L&M. Those are games that you would hope that you can start to regain some confidence, and that's not a knock against Mac Valley. It's just knowing that, you know, the way that they are in terms of some of their youth. But, I mean, I think both teams are going to be looking at this saying, we really need to execute and get that confidence so that when we do hit that district play of following week, that we're ready to hit the ground running and improve on some of these things that we've seen over these first two weeks.
1: I think that's exactly right, Stephen. Like Bears were in this situation last season too, heading up to to Dell High to take on the Wildcats. You know, they were at two and two, five hundred, had lost, you know, two two games early on and after the after defeating Wilton the week uh previously in pretty convincing fashion, they came up to Dell High and even more convincingly beat the wildcats then to 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 have their second of four straight wins uh, heading into the playoffs and so i think you're exactly right i think both teams are going to be looking for that momentum to carry them on um, through through into district play but also that momentum through the rest of the season
0: one thing i want to talk you talked about the youth of that football team on of the wildcats stephen i think last year a I name mean, we brought up defensively as a freshman who's obviously now a sophomore was Aiden Salo led the team in tackles for loss. You look at the stats again this year, he leads the team in tackles through 3 weeks, 2 weeks, sorry, and he's second two and a half tackles for loss. So this kid is going to keep getting better and better. He's going to be a menace for the offensive line that is is getting a little bit better hopefully each game for West Branch, but they're going to get the tested, get a test from that kid and obviously trying to stop the rush of umbundo. Yeah. So all in all guys, it's a road game, it's a long trip. It's an hour, hour and 15 minute drive. You'll see where you are for a young team how they can react to A, a long bus drive, B, a very big road game. Big road game when you think about how last week ended moving into just getting some trying to get some confidence to get a go win, but on the road if it were at home maybe a little less pressure as far as mental pressure because you feel more comfortable, but on the road, you never know. And it's a beautiful setting as we've been there many, many times. I look forward to playing Friday night and seeing great concession stand, by the way. So Jared Tiley better bring his a game and his appetite because I think he's going to enjoy it. I mean, Jerry Flagle always talked about, that was one of the best places to eat.
2: Speaking of that um, I'm not going to mention any names, but um, I did get a check today from an anonymous donor that really loves the BearCast crew and um, gave some money for us to be able to purchase some concessions or, you know, food on the way home for the road trips, especially, or even at home if we want to. So um, we got a little slush fund, Matt, that we can tap nice. into. So Very nice. A slush fund. So thank you very much to that anonymous donor for your kind contribution.
0: And we're going to end the build up and to build up to picks to click. Let's hear from Hodge Construction.
1: Hodge Construction is a leader in developing commercial and academic spaces, multifamily condos, townhomes, and more. Hodge Construction began in Iowa City in 1981, focusing on residential construction. Through positive relationships and quality projects, Hodge has continued to grow and expand its project diversity over the past nearly 40 years. At Hodge, clients aren't customers, they are partners.
0: Picks to click week two. Matt, I, who'd we have last week? I, I never remember who we have. It's like that scene in Wedding Crashers when his mom's in the <laughs> kitchen. I never know what she's doing back there. What are you doing? The meatloaf. <laughs> Mom, so
1: who'd we have? where's the
2: meatloaf? <laughs> Matt, where's uh, our picks to click?
1: <laughs> yeah, right, here's your picks to click. Shut up. Uh Jason, you had Peyton Miller. Uh, I had Andy Henson, and Steven, you had Brady Hunger. Um Honestly, I think I gotta give it to Brady Hunger. He had a really good game uh last two weeks. I think he's done really well um from that defensive spot. I think he's really taken Taking his role in stride so far this season. I know he was pretty excited about it in the preseason, Jason, when you talked to him at media day. Um, but I think he's really shown the last two weeks that he he's there to play.
0: Well, I mean, the Patrick Mahomes haircut yeah, was the bi- was the big addition to his game. That's <laughs> confidence right there alone. I mean, mm-hmm. he said they're cousins one way or another. I don't know how, but they, <laughs> we, all they are, we? we all are related in one way, shape or form. So maybe that's it. Maybe just that genetic, that genetic bond is really bringing this game up. So, well, Matt, uh, Steven went first in week one. I went first in week two.
1: Guess what? You can have week three. This is tough. I mean, I think there's a lot of kind of like Brady hunger type of guys that are really, you know, coming out so far in these first two weeks, you know, they don't get their names in the paper, they don't get the spotlight here on the podcast and the bearcast and that type of thing, but just really good uh core foundation guys that really make this team go. Um and I think I'm going to I'm going to take another one of those, Wyatt Federlin. Um I'm really impressed with his defensive play, um just the energy that he brings. Um so I'm looking forward to him to to help carry this team forward.
0: No cap? No,
1: no cap. What, what, what does that
0: mean? That means, oh, you're not lying. You're not, you know, that's what the kids say. No cap, uh, no
1: lying. Uh, you know, no. I, I don't know why we make up words. Just yeah. exactly.
0: You <laughs> too. That's one of Wyatt's favorite words. That's why I said it. Mm, so we always mm. say, "No cap." Okay, that's no cap. cap you're then. lying. Okay. No just,
2: right now, I'm just picturing Jason with the, just looking like Steve Buscemi. What's up, young kids? Or... <laughs> I'm Stephen Grace. Who do you, who do you want? Um, I'm going to go similar vein. Um, I'm going to go with Kinnick Belk. I think that, uh, I mean, he showed some good things defensively last week as well. And I think he's poised to, um, do some things offensively to kind of help this team kind of springboard forward. So
0: Kinnick Belk, no cap, no, no cap, <laughs> <laughs> picked a click for me in week three. I put a lot of thought into this. A whole ten seconds, cause that's how much time I'm buying right now to come up with one. No, actually, my pick is Holden
2: Arniman. I think that's a really good pick. That's a good answer. He had a couple of nice catches, showing some things as a sophomore.
0: And I think you'll start seeing him pick his uh, game up on the defensive side as well. He'll start seeing more action now that he's back back in the three one nine uh, f- to play. So that's the picks to click for this week. If you want to join in, we say it every week. Nobody does. They used to, but they don't anymore. This is episode 100. How can Stephen, if they want to keep up with West Branch Bear football, and if they really want to maybe add their name on the pick to click or give us their two cents, we'll tell if you say, hey, here's what I saw in this game. We'll even mention you live or mention you in our recording, perhaps. But here's how you
2: can do it. You call Jason Miller 319 55. Oh, wait, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. 0198. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Twitter at WB Bears Football. Go to Instagram at WB Bears Football. Go to Facebook. Search for West Branch Football. Or all of the videos are posted to YouTube. And there's a way on YouTube that you can click subscribe. And you'll get a notification as soon as those videos are uploaded. So if you haven't done that yet, search West Branch Football. Uh, obviously, if you want to keep listening to us, you can figure out how to find it, but subscribe to it. It makes it so that you can get the notifications earlier. Tell your friends and family, whatever your uh, pod, podcast player is, Apple, Spotify, whatever other one that you listen to. Just search Talkin' Bear Football. And of course, Matthew does a phenomenal job keeping it all up to date, very mobile friendly, computer friendly, you name it, you can find it westbranch.football.
0: Stephen, why don't you take a break for a second? Uh, catch your breath. I know you're an old pro at this, but Matt, I mean, we talked about how I've said it 3 or 4 times about how everybody after next week goes 0 and 0. But again, for this I think for the if you want to build some confidence going into that district game, it's it's cliche, but I think this is near a must win game almost for West Branch. As far as, yep, we're back. We we can do this. We're th- everything is in place. Just need to take that next step, and maybe get a nice road victory against a, a good Class A team in Mokoka Valley.
1: I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, I think it's a win is going to just give the this team the confidence that they need and i think also uh, i think it, it, if you get a win in this case I, I think it just go i mean it goes along the confidence lines but i think it just goes to prove to the players that they can do that like they can win these ball games they can put points on the board they can prevent teams from getting points on the board and all that kind of stuff you know all the things that go into to winning a football game i think just yeah getting a playing well friday in all three phases of the game and walking out of there with a the win um, and taking that into to next week, too, I think it's just, yeah, it's just going to give the confidence that this young team needs. It's as simple as that. Steven, give a pep talk. Give it, give it to us. You know
2: what, boys? Be hungry. That's all. Be hungry. Be ears open, eyes open. Listen to what these coaches are saying. Put that extra effort in. When you think that you're doing it the way you're supposed to, go just a little bit harder. I mean, that 1% extra, that one degree more, um, just – give it your all you're in a great spot right now you still have a lot of season left nothing too bad from coming off of a loss other than it's a great opportunity to learn and grow and get that much better go do it be hungry gosh now i'm thinking about that pre- that concession stand in in
0: del high already not only that i'm hoping the scoreboard lights up in a, in a west branch favor so guys it's one and one it's just the second game of the season. There are a lot of games left. Mm-hmm. Rome has not fallen. Chicken Little, the sky is not falling. It's just a football game. There are six more of these things. And we're looking forward to winding them up, following them up, and bringing you information about
1: them on the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on West Branch Football. Oh, man. Oh,
2: we had oh, it set up beautifully. He had the
1: perfect game uh, going just momentum (laughs) Ah. right here on westbranch.football presented by the browns
0: west branch family of dealerships until next week we ask you to take care everyone